Welcome to Hope Through Hard Stuff, a podcast from Winning at Home. Please welcome your host, speaker, and award-winning author, Steve Norman. Welcome back to Hope Through Hard Stuff. My conversation partner today is Jennifer Tucker. She is a mother, a graphic designer, an artist, a writer. You can find out about all of her amazing gifts and talents on her website, littlehousestudio.net. She's the author of a recently released book through Thomas Nelson called Breath as Prayer, Calm Your Anxiety, Focus Your Mind, and Renew Your Soul. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Jennifer, talk to me a little bit about the genesis for the book. Where where did it come from? Well, this book was birthed out of probably what has been the hardest season of my life. Last year, my daughter was admitted to the hospital up in Atlanta with some really serious health issues. She was more sick than we even realized when I drove her to the ER that night. And that night... I was so overwhelmed and so scared of the road that was being unfolded ahead of us. And I didn't know how we were going to walk this path. And I didn't know what the next steps would be. I honestly had run out of prayers to pray, words to say. um, And I was just the feelings of anxiety. I've dealt with anxiety my whole life, but the symptoms I was experiencing that night, the trembling and my heart racing, and I could not catch my breath. And, um, it was more severe than I've ever felt. And I was just so overwhelmed by the time I laid my head on that little vinyl couch to go to sleep. I just, I didn't have any words, but, and I can only explain it by the Holy spirit, just speaking gently to my heart, all I could think of was a breath prayer that I had learned about several months before, because we've been on a journey through anxiety and mental health healing for nearly four years now as a family. And um, a few months ago in my, all my research or a few months before this hospital trip, I was researching like how to, what are strategies to help with anxiety? What are strategies, what are different breathing exercises? And I stumbled upon the idea of breath prayer at that time. And I was just really intrigued by it because I didn't grow up in a very liturgical church tradition. And so I had never heard of breath prayers before, but they really intrigued me because they're very simple, easy to pray. It incorporates both the breath and prayer at the same time. And so they became for me a neat little tool that I had in my little mental health toolbox at the time, but I didn't pray them consistently. But that night in the hospital, when I had no words of my own to pray, the Holy Spirit reminded me of this one breath prayer from Psalm 23, just a verse from the very beginning of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And that's the only words I could think of. And so I just started breathing in. The Lord is my shepherd and exhaling. I have all that I need. And I just kept repeating that over and over. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And as I slowed my breathing, I could feel my anxiety calm in my body. And as I focused my mind on those words of scripture, a peace came over me that can only come from God. um, Because I was reminded that he is my shepherd. He's right here with us. He loves me. He loves my daughter more than I can imagine. He's holding us right now. He hasn't left. I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know the one who holds tomorrow and he's holding us. And so I was able to fall asleep that night with a renewed peace. And through that hospital stay, which ended up being nearly three weeks long, I The anxiety kept coming back, kept swelling up because it was a very anxiety-filled time, very uncertain, very unsure of what laid ahead of us. But I would just pray that those breath prayers, mainly that one. And I would walk the hallways when I got overwhelmed and I just breathe. 
the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have God. I have Christ. He's right here with us. I don't need to know all the answers. I don't need to know how this is all going to play out. I have him. He is the only answer I need. And so I was intentionally resting my soul in him, intentionally slowing my breathing to calm the anxiety. And the breath prayers at that time became a lifeline to me through that hospital stay. And they've been a lifeline to me ever since. The whole year last year was a challenging year for us. Breath prayers is what got me through. Well, it's in the middle of the hospital stay, like sandwiched right in the middle. I got an email from an editor because listen, I am not an author. <laughs> I never sought out to write a book. This was not on my to-do list at all. Um, I really prefer to be behind the scenes. I love the shadows and obscurity. Like just let me help others do their thing and make it look good because graphic design is more my wheelhouse and illustrations and that type thing. But I got this email. I was sitting right next to my daughter in the hospital bed and I'm in the chair and I was checking my emails and I got an email from an editor saying, Hey, we, we saw, cause I had, when I had first learned about breath prayer, I wrote a little blog post about it, which I rarely write on my blog, but we read this blog post you wrote. And we think this would make a great book. Could you write a book? I'm like, Hmm, no, I can't. I'm in the hospital. I got I other things going on <laughs> a little bit. I was like, I I don't know how to write a book and I'm in the hospital and I have no idea how the next few days, months are going to play out. I don't know that I can do this, but when she said the topic was breath prayer, I, God just wouldn't let me shake it because that was literally my lifeline. And so it was almost like God gave me this gift of, Hey, you're going to write this book on breath prayer. And these are going to be the prayers you're going to pray through these next few months. You're going to focus in on my word and you're going to lean in hard and you're going to pray these simple prayers. And I'm going to get you through all that lies ahead. I had no idea what lied ahead, but God did. And he knew I needed these prayers in this book to get through. And so I didn't really think through this side of things. The book is out in the world and other people are reading it. For me, this book was therapeutic in a lot of ways. And it was the way that I got through, it was God's gift to me to get through those really, really dark, hard months when I could not see barely the next step ahead, let alone the next week ahead. I just leaned hard into breath prayers. My anxiety was high, but I would just breathe and pray, breathe and pray. And so this book was birthed out of that season that I didn't know how to walk through. And God walked me through it through breath prayer. And so if, if breath prayers can help even one other person out there to get through their own hard things, then it's worth it to me. So I didn't write it as any kind of expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm a mom with anxiety that has a kid with severe anxiety who has just found this amazing tool that has helped me so much to not only help ease my anxiety, but strengthens my faith at the same time. And I just think it's such a neat, neat practice. So Jennifer, I'm so grateful for your story. Thank you for sharing it and your posture. I think that some of us grew up in traditions where prayer is a weapon that we use yeah. to defeat bad things. Right. And so when yeah. I hear you talk yeah. in the hospital, I, I, I say like, well, of course you'd pray breast prayers for the first part when she's overwhelmed. And then you move to intercession and then the Holy spirit moves and then your daughter gets miraculously healed and everybody goes home the next day. Oh, and I wish. <laughs> But, and again, I, you know, I'm being facetious, yeah, but sometimes yeah. that, that's the oh, script yeah. that we hear that like, mm -hmm. if you have enough faith and if you pray the right prayer, then God checks the boxes and there's, we get to live like a pain-free life. And you and I both know that a, that's not 
reality and B that's not the gospel. But right. I, I love the fact that just throughout the course of the book, you say, this isn't a tool that makes our problems go away. This is a tool that anchors us in our faith in the yes. midst of those problems. So mm -hmm. as we record this, it's, it's mental health month. I was reading yeah. a quote from a therapist yesterday and she said, a lot of times we view adversity like a tunnel and we just, the whole goal is to get out of the tunnel. It's to just to race towards the light at the end of the tunnel. But she said a lot of these mental health practices, and obviously you're taking a biblical Christ-centered spirit informed approach to it all. She goes, the goal isn't to race through the tunnel. The goal is to figure out, she said, how to see in the dark. And what I love that you're doing with breath prayer is breath prayer is a way of kind of spiritual lenses that help us see in the dark. They see God's presence in the dark. They see God's faithfulness in the dark. They allow us to be in tune with our bodies as we're feeling overwhelmed. And again, as, as simple as it is to understand, it's not always simple to do when your vision narrows and when your heart rate elevates and your blood pressure skyrockets, it's all this, this is just a, a very, really beautiful gift that you've given to the community of faith that says, Hey, you, you can, you can marry the best of spiritual practices that do have historic roots and the best of modern mental health science. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what really intrigued me about it is because a lot of times we separate the science and the medical from the faith and the spiritual. I don't know why we do that because God made us as this amazing integrated body that combines, you know, all the, like our brain is part of our body and it's fascinating and it's complicated and it's multi-layered and we're just barely, science is just barely touching the surface on the brain and how it functions. And it's an organ like every other organ in our body. It's prone to dysfunction. It's prone to illness. It's prone to different things. And yeah, we tend to separate that science from the faith. Like, but really it marries together. God created us with these bodies in this breath. He gave us this gift of this breath and yeah. what the breath can do to help calm the body, literally physiologically, scientifically based how it can calm anxiety by triggering that sympathetic nervous, the parasympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerves that help calm, lower the heart rate, slow the breathing, tell our body, Hey, you're safe. You're not in any danger. There's no threat. And so pairing that with prayer that at the same time, we're turning our minds to Christ toward the truth, because a lot of times our feelings, I know for me, when I get anxious, it is overwhelming. The worries flood in so fast and I can very quickly spiral down into worst case scenarios. You know, every, the world is going to end. The worst things are going to happen. It's very easy for me to get overwhelmed by my feelings. Um, I tend to get very emotional, but if I can turn my mind to truth, now it's not that my feelings are real, but my feelings sure. don't always tell me the truth, right. but God's word will always tell me the truth. And so if I can turn my mind to truth of God's word, God is with me, that he, you know, he loves me that, I mean, simple truths, but when you're feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, it's hard to believe those truths because you don't feel that you don't feel yeah. it. And so by turning my mind to truth at the same time that I'm calming my body, it works all of it together, um, to help both my body and my spirit come in line with Christ and his truth and his word. So good. Jennifer, what do you say to people who maybe like you don't come from a liturgical or contemplative tradition and they breathe, they, they view breath prayer with a high degree of skepticism or, or maybe even caution or fear. What, what do you, what do you yeah. say to that person? 
Yeah. And there, I put a section in my book for that purpose because I could see that coming. Cause I mean, if I'm completely honest, I was skeptical at first because it sounds a bit new agey, maybe humanistic, maybe a little Eastern religion type woo woo stuff. Um, but really it's not at all. Christian breath prayer is very different. Now, meditative practices and breathing exercises, breath work is incorporated all around the world in many different practices. That's true. Many different religions use similar practices. The difference with Christian breath prayer is that a lot of the other meditative practices and breath work, it's focused inward, finding the answers within, finding peace within you, or it's about emptying the mind to create, to experience some kind of peace, like repeating phrases, mantra type meditation, where you repeat it over and over until even that word loses its meaning and to reach some state of nirvana or something. So the focus is more inward. It's focused on emptying. Whereas Christian breath prayer, we're not focused inward on ourselves. We're going to focus upward toward God, toward the truth in his word. And we're not trying to empty our mind. Instead, we're trying to fill it with the truth of God's word. We're trying to fill it with Christ. We're trying to turn our mind toward him and replace those feelings of fear and anxiety and worry that are burdening us so much and give those to God and let him fill our mind with his peace. And so it's just, it's a very different focus. It's a very different, and it's, yes, we repeat the prayer, but as with any type of memorization, any type of good habit we're trying to form in our life, we repeat those things over and over. And breath prayers are a great way to learn scripture. All the prayers in the book I wrote are straight from God's word. And I put the verse in there that it's from. And so we're putting God's word in our heart. We're tucking it away so that when those times, like in that hospital that night, I mean, it was the Holy Spirit. I do know where it came from. It came from the Holy Spirit because I had tucked that prayer in my heart so in that time when I couldn't think of any words, the Holy Spirit's like, here you go. Here's my words. You can pray these words. You don't have to come up with words of your own. I've given you a whole book full of words of truth that you can pray and you can cling to. Now, breath prayer isn't the only prayer we pray. It's not the only tool we use to manage anxiety. It's not the only thing, but it can be a powerful tool. And a lot of times breath prayer might be an easy gateway toward a deeper prayer. A lot of times I'll start with a breath prayer and that'll just naturally lead me to talking more deeply to God, connecting more to him. It just helps calm my body so I can focus on him. So I can focus on the truth of his word. Yeah, I hope that answered the question. <laughs> no, that's great. And one of one of our therapists that that I work with here at Winning at Home is is working on a children's book, and she talks about mm-hmm. how the first step towards wrestling down anxiety is just to is to pause, yes. and then t- to your point, to get that breathing under control. And you're right. I think that sometimes our brain can just run in a thousand different directions when we're under stress. And so breath prayer, you're right. doesn't unhinge our brains. It anchors our brains and yeah. says, you know what, let's, let's clear the deck of all of the fog and all the chaos. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to what we know and believe is true. Let's, let's embody that truth. Right. Let's recenter our body, our mind and our spirit. And then, then we can figure out an approach to go forward. Yes. But I think that for me, breath prayer buys me time. Yeah. To yeah. just figure out like, okay, right now the A1 priority is just, is to settle and to calm. Right. And then once yeah. we've done that, then we can figure out mm-hmm. uh, a way forward. <laughs> yeah. We're not good at that. Are we slowing down and pausing? We are fast, fast, go, go, go. In fact, my anxiety for a lot of years, um, 
I, I was a very shame, ashamed that I even felt anxiety for a long time. There was yeah. a lot of shame surrounding it because you read verses like, do not worry, do not be anxious for anything, right. be anxious for nothing, you know, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, don't be afraid. And so when I would feel those feelings, I'm like, I must be doing something wrong. I don't have enough faith. I don't pray enough. You know, something's wrong with what I'm doing or I should be free of this feeling. Right. Um, but we don't slow it down enough. My anxiety manifested then because I was hiding it and pushing it down and shoving it aside. It manifested as severe overworking, perfectionism, people pleasing. I would keep myself so busy so I wouldn't have to deal with those feelings. I would want to try to control every little bit of my life so I wouldn't have to feel those feelings not healthy ways to manage anxiety at all. In fact, it makes it worse <laughs> in the long run. Um, so yeah, we're not good at, I had to learn and teach myself how to slow the pace down and yeah. to recognize when I am feeling, what are those physical symptoms within myself of anxiety? What are those red flags, those warning signs that, hey, something's not aligned properly. Something's not right. I need to slow down take a deep breath and let's refocus. But that takes practice and it takes, you know, really a lot of intentionality because our world is very fast moving and, you know, the winners are the ones who keep pushing and, you know, uh, you know, strive for go, 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 do, do, do. And the checklist of things to do, but really you're not going to ever find that piece if you just keep pushing, like going so, so fast. And so for me, anyway, I had to slow down and I have to stop and I have to breathe and remember um, the truth in his word. So yeah, that just slowing down is a big, big deal. <laughs> Jennifer, that's such a gift. I love how you include a, a chapter that's, or, you know, a sidebar that says, hey, just so you know, I'm not a heretic. There are like, there are, there are roots, spiritual roots <laughs> yes. for this. And then you also, on the other hand, you say, FYI, I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist. I am leaning on the best practices from mental right. health research, but mm -hmm. in your own journey, Jennifer, how have you seen kind of the Christian culture subculture shift when it comes to destigmatizing mental health conversations? Because you said earlier in your journey, it felt like you were saying, Hey, if you have anxiety, you must be a bad Christian. And some mm -hmm. of that was reinforced by some of the things that we learned growing up in the eighties and nineties. It seems like we're shifting into a different space now. Are you getting that sense? I really hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, especially in, I, I think there are still, there's a long way to go. Um, to make our churches safe places for those who struggle with mental health. Um, like my daughter, when she was 13, was first diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. She was having, she started having panic attacks, really severe panic attacks multiple times a day, sometimes um, to the point that she could no longer go to public school. We had to pull her out of school and homeschool. Um, we started <laughs> trying to figure out medications, figure out therapy, figure out this whole world of mental health, which I was not even aware of, we dove deep into it. And there have been, these last four years have been challenging is just not enough, strong enough for it. It has been hard, so hard. Church honestly became a, a, not a safe place for her. She didn't feel like she fit there. She belonged there. She didn't know where she belonged because we don't mm -hmm. talk about mental health. We don't talk about those type of struggles so much. So that's been a challenge. And so I do think we still have a long way to go, but I do think I do see it shifting. I do see people being more open to learning, to listening and hearing people's stories of those who do struggle with mental health issues and conditions. You know, it doesn't mean you're demon possessed. It doesn't mean that you 
don't love God, like you can have a very strong faith and still struggle with depression. I love Jesus with all my heart. I follow him and I will unashamedly proclaim my love for God. But at the same time, I do see a therapist regularly. I take antidepressants because I need to do that to support my body so that I can be the best mom that I need to be. And, the, sure. you know, just like we would take medications to support our heart if we had a heart condition or our kidneys, if we had, you know, it's okay to take medication to support your brain health. Um, and I think that's the, the shift that needs to happen is it's not all in your mind. It's your brain, which is an organ. So it's your body. It's, it's still, it's physical health health just as much as any other type of thing in your body. Um, so understanding that it's not just in your mind, it affects your mind, which is why it's complicated and it's so multi-layered. And so just listening to people's stories with, uh, with a heart of compassion and really trying to understand where they're coming from and what they've experienced, their lived experience. And I've met so many people who struggle with mental health, who love God so, so, so much. And if anything, it's drawn them closer to him through their suffering, through their struggles. They have had to rely on Christ. They've had to rely on God. I have in my own. Once I recognized anxiety for what it was in me, and once I faced the reality of the unhealthy behaviors I was doing to try to cover it up or hide it and the shame that I had put around myself for experiencing anxiety. And I finally gave that to God and it's like, okay, I have this. I have really, you know, severe anxiety sometimes. And I have depression. I have swing like seasons where I really struggle with depression. That doesn't mean I don't love Jesus. That doesn't mean my faith is weak. It means I need God. It has pushed me more closer to the heart of God because I have, I've been, he draws me closer to him in those times. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the struggles because I, I think without it, I don't know that I would have clung to him. Like I have had to last year, what we went through, I felt so much closer. His presence was so real to me. We felt so isolated and so alone. I didn't know where to go, where to turn, but God's presence was so real to me in those times. And so um, I do think the church is coming a long way. I do think, um, I think as we read scripture, like the, the, the verses about do not worry, don't be anxious for anything. Don't be afraid. I think I have shifted how I read those verses instead of a lens of condemnation of, if you feel this way, you're doing something wrong. You must not have strong enough faith to a voice of compassion, a lens yeah. of compassion. Yeah. Like I am with my, my daughter who struggles with when she's afraid, when she's terrified, I don't get mad at her. I don't yell at her for being afraid. I grab her up in my arms and I tell her, listen, you're okay. You're safe. I'm right here with you. There's nothing to be afraid of you're okay. And I comfort her. And that's what God's doing for us. He's comforting us with those verses saying, listen, right. I'm with you. You don't have to be anxious about anything. I'm going to take care of you. Right. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. I've got it. I'm in control. Right. Right. And so that shifted everything for me. And I think when we read those scriptures through that lens of God's compassion and love for us as our kind and good heavenly father, it changes how we experience. I don't have to shove my anxiety aside in shame. I don't have to deny it or ignore it. I can face it because he's with me and he loves me. 
So good, Jennifer. And I, we can, our family can empathize with your journey. Our, we have a daughter who is also diagnosed with general anxiety disorder about four years ago. So we've been on kind of parallel tracks. What, what would you say to parents who might have a child who is either recently diagnosed or not yet Mm -hmm. diagnosed, but definitely having, having a struggle, a, a wrestling match with anxiety? What do you, what do you say to parents who might be where you were then now? You're not alone. You're not alone. And it's, you didn't do anything wrong as a parent because your kid is struggling in this way. You didn't fail them. This is their struggle. This is the, you know, this is their reality. And so just, you know, you're not alone. Seek out support, seek out help. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to, um, to seek that help that they need to find the right resources for them. Don't give up. It's hard. We've been through my daughter's had multiple diagnoses since then. We have layers and layers of complicated issues. She spent 12 weeks last year in inpatient care. Um, so where I couldn't even see her because of COVID re- re- restrictions and stuff. And it was so, so hard. It's a hard, it could be a hard, re- really hard road, but you're not alone. God's with you. And there is help and there is hope. It, some days it feels like there's no, like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I felt so ill-equipped to, to help her. Um, but God is good and he is kind and he's still there through it all. And he has taught us so much and grown us so much. Um, there's still a lot. I don't know. I still don't know how all this is going to unfold. I still don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next year. Um, and her journey looks different than the typical kid. You know, she's, yeah. she didn't do the whole four years of high school, then move on to college thing. Like right now she's, she's doing a different path. We've had to move a little slower that slowing down. We've had to mm-hmm. put her health first and make that the priority, not education. Um, and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's okay if your journey looks different than what you thought it should be. And that was a big thing for me. I had to let go of those dreams that I had for my kid and accept the reality of what we have and realize it's still good and whatever it's going to be, it's still going to be good. It may not be what I thought or what I pictured or what I dreamed, but God's still working. He's still writing. I'm not the author of this story. And he knows, he knows way better than me. I've seen tiny little glimpses of how he might use all this really, really hard stuff in her life and flip it for something really, really good. I think she's going to help a lot of people in ways that I never could in ways that a lot of us never could, because she's been there and she's been through some really hard things. I thought we were going to lose her last year, Mm. but we didn't. And, you know, so only God knows I've had to let go of my (laughs) plans and say, you know what, God, I don't know how this is going to unfold, but I trust you. So trust God, love your kid, get them help and it's going to be okay. And you're not alone. 
Thank you so much, Jennifer. That is a that is a good and helpful and timely word. Well, you might not be the author of the story, but you are the author of a great <laughs> book. Again, it's called Breath is Prayer, Calm Your Anxiety, Focus Your Mind, Renew Your Soul by Jennifer Tucker. You can find that wherever you get books. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. And um, I feel like we're only just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. So if you're open to it, maybe we could have a follow-up conversation sure. on another day for a future episode. Yeah, thanks sounds so great. For, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hope Through the Hard Stuff. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe to it, rate and review it, and then share it with others. Winning at Home offers hope through counseling and coaching, motivational speaking, community events, and other media resources. If you believe in what we do and want to support us in our mission, consider making a donation at winningathome.com.